millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What? Good Hey everybody, welcome <laughs> into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! Podcast. My name is Sonny, I'm here with my co-host Caleb. Hello! And of course, before we get too, too far, we want to thank all of our wonderful sponsors. So, a huge thank you, of course, to uh, ETB Games. We want to send out a particularly huge shout-out to Steel Fox Games in Shreveport. Steel Fox, of course, um, is... Currently, Steel Fox is... Uh, being run the Yu-Gi-Oh side of it is all being run by Calvin from Team mm-hmm. APS, and Calvin, well, if you notice a an insane bump in quality on our video, a huge thank you to Calvin because he has hooked us up with a really sweet Canon camera with mm-hmm. appropriate lenses and everything, and I mean all kinds of equipment. So there should be a an insane bump in quality for the podcast moving forward on the video side and hopefully this is the start of us doing more video of a higher quality and things of that sort so mm-hmm. huge huge shout out to steel fox games and calvin specifically with that said let's go ahead and uh, uh we also want to thank gem accessories as well as millennium threads and of course we want to go ahead and get you to check out our dragon shield affiliate link in the description down below now with all of that said huge thank you to our patrons and let's go ahead and get on into today's episode heck yeah so we want to go ahead and talk a little bit about well a lot we're going to talk almost exclusively about the regional that we attended this past weekend in houston texas this regional was hosted by the game guys in uh well in houston it was in the almeda mm-hmm. mall in houston if you uh, if you are if you have the chance you should absolutely check out game guys they have a wonderful venue uh we're gonna we're gonna try to have a vlog up hopefully in the next few days of the Mm -hmm. event and i I gotta say it was such a great experience and i got to i've the last couple regionals i've been to i've experienced in very different ways yeah from normal (laughs) uh so caleb went and he played in the event and Mm -hmm. we're gonna go through a recap of your tournament I was not playing in the event. I, if you listen to the last couple of episodes, you might know that I actually was uh, live streaming the event with uh, John Moore from House of Champs. Mm-hmm. So me and John commentated the event. Uh, we watched feature matches all day. Got to see some really, really great duelists playing some, some great some, decks. Some really cool decks. Oh, I dude, heard extremely cool decks. So let's go ahead and I, th- I guess we'll start off with kind of the journey, right? Sure. So I get off I get off work Friday night and I drive well down well I drive home from work, get showered, cleaned up, throw my stuff in my bag and we leave. Uh, we drive from my house all the way to Houston. We get there I think we had to stop for gas. So yeah, about midnight. Yeah, we got there right at basically right at midnight. Had a couple of missed had a couple of missed exits here and there, but yep. it's fine, no big deal. So we end up going down to Houston and we stayed the night Friday night with AD. Shout out AD. Outrun YGO. You can catch him on Twitch. Um, huge, huge shout out. It was very, very kind of him. So we stay with AD, hang out, chill, see a dub boy. And then we got up. We went to bed around what? 1 a.m.? Give or take. Yeah. Get up at 7-ish, 7.30. Yeah. Got up, went got dressed went and got waffle house shout out waffle house <laughs> uh, i love what dude i love waffle house so much oh, yeah, they, they got good food it, my favorite part about waffle house is that no matter where you're at if you eat a waffle house you know exactly what you're getting yeah for sure yeah consistency in the food yeah and it, i've and had service. i've had times where it feels like you know waffle house goes quality in one place a little bit different than quality in the other but that's you know, overall things are going to be the same. Mm-hmm. So 
We went to Waffle House, then we go to the, t- the regional. And this is where the story really begins. Oh, boy. We get to the regional at 8.30. Expecting, I mean, realistically, it doesn't start till 10 o'clock. You get there an hour and a half early. That's plenty of time to go register and everything. Mm-hmm. The line is, so, like, the venue, when you walk in the mall, you walk in, and then there's a big open area. Turn right, and then it's, like, that first store area on the right yeah the line the was yeah on the Turn left. left and it's on the left yeah so it was so the line was from the back of that store out the store all the way into that uh central area and then out the door literally and how long did you wait in line to get in because i was not playing so i walked right past the line walked yeah. right into the venue and was able to go to the stream room i got up front and was able to finally pay mm-hmm. at 9 45 we got in, so you stood in line for an hour mm-hmm. wow that's crazy some people had been standing in line for even longer wow because uh, they didn't even open the doors to let people in until like 8 right like 8 15 and there have been people there since like 6 30 that's crazy yeah i can't believe that they waited till eight o'clock to open the doors Mm-hmm. That that kind of shocks me. There was already like a super long line by the time people who were there at like eight, who were there before eight got there. Now I will say this much: the mall I don't think even opens until ten, mm-hmm. which is kind of a crazy thought. Oh yeah, no, no, they had like like they had like special security guards there and stuff. Right, right. Because the mall was open before it should have been. Right. So they had special security there all day for the event itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, with police and all that, which was th- honestly I'm, pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, because honestly, this this was probably a 1,000% increase in the amount of people who were in the mall normally. Yeah, it wasn't a very big mall. Yeah, no. And even then, malls are kind of... Yeah, malls are downsizing. Shrinking. Yeah, I, I'll say, though, it was really genuinely... Uh, it was a nice mall, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it, it was fine. It was just like a 90s mall that's been pretty well kept up with, you know. To be fair, I've only ever been to two malls. Oh, really? No, three. Three total. Okay. Uh, there was a giant mall we went to on a band trip. In Dallas, I remember. Yeah. I went to that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Then there's the mall in Shreveport I've been to a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Also a fairly nice mall if, yeah. if it was a little bit cleaner. There's two malls in Shreveport. One is fine, and the other one's not great. The one that's fine. Like yeah. it, if they would spend a little bit more time cleaning it, it'd be, it'd actually be really nice. Cause like, cause like in the big open areas, they have a uh, skylights. Yeah. 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 So that's a pretty common thing in most malls. Yeah. 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 But still, you know, it's, it needs to be tied up a little bit. Uh, and then this one. Yeah. I've been to a bunch of malls. So I've been to a couple in new Orleans. I've been to, which they have one in new Orleans. That's like crazy. Nice. Every store in there is like a luxury store. Oh my God. Right. Right. So there's like a Tiffany's and everything else in there. It's crazy. What's Tiffany's? It's an extremely high-end jewelry store. Oh, so like a K K Jewelers, but like fancy. Like, imagine if... So like, just think that like K Jewelers is like the jewelry store that like appeals to the masses. Mm -hmm. Tiffany's is where like celebrities go. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. Like me and my wife were engaged at the time and we went, we just walked in just to like look around. Mm Mm-hmm. And she looked at and tried on a wedding ring. And she was like, oh, it's so perfect. I want it so bad. And the guy was like, yeah, it's only 150 grand. And we were like, <coughs> oh, boy. It's, like, it's a great deal. It's 150 grand. <coughs> it, it was bad. Uh, so we they have a nice one in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And the one in Alexandria is really comparable to the one that we were actually in. Oh, really? I've never been to the one in Alexandria. It's just that the mall in Alexandria is mostly empty. Uh, so it's it's getting close to just being shut down. Yeah, well, what they really need to do in a lot of these malls, they need to make rent more affordable and mm-hmm. take some of these stores that used to be like a Sears yeah, or like, a, a JCPenney. Yeah, one of those giant store, like store, right, store right. locations where nothing else could possibly hope to fit. Yeah, they need to take some of those giant locations 
and make some of them uh, mixed-use housing. Yeah. Where basically you can take that whole store and you could probably fit, you know, 10 apartments in it. Yeah, and then, like, maybe turn some of them into, like... A grocery store. Yeah, or even, like, an auditorium, maybe. Not an auditorium, but, like, just a big open room you can rent out for events and stuff. Yeah, I think that the best application of... A lot of these malls would be if you took basically what's what is supposed to be a retail storefront. Say you have, you know, a lot of them, it's not uncommon to have, say, around 100, maybe 150 retail storefronts. Mm -hmm. If you can take that 150 retail storefronts, size it down to maybe like 60. And then turn the rest of them into housing and basically make like a little village. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like in my opinion, that'd be a really good idea uh, because then... It would give more competition to other like apartment buildings and stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. which would drive prices down because that's what competition does. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, yeah, I think that it would be a really way, really cool way to adapt these. What is really a failing business idea? I mean, honestly, it was probably honestly before the the. Um, the uh introduction of like online shopping it was a great idea then online shopping became a thing right which is which put stores like sears and you know dillard's and all these other stores they're just going out of business because why because why would i spend 50 dollars on a pair of blue jeans if i can just go online wait a week and get the same pair for like 25 bucks right so the idea that somebody can just live in the mall fun fact mm -hmm. in the uh late 1800s i believe early 1900s thereabouts mm -hmm. pre-world war one you could buy a house in the seer in a sears catalog yeah 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 uh well, pretty well like right like around world war ii post-world war ii yeah yeah uh because you could buy like because in and the only reason why i know this is because in red dead redemption the original mm -hmm. um part no no right no, no, no it was red dead redemption 2 your character actually buys land and then gets a Sears catalog and orders a pre-built house from the Sears catalog. And they deliver all the lumber and stuff pre-cut and then with instructions on how to put it together. Yeah. So if you actually Google Sears catalog house, mm -hmm. you can actually buy like a two-story house for like $2,500. Yeah. But you got to put it together yourself, obviously. You literally have to build it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But like just the fact that was a thing is so interesting to me. A 10-room colonial home, $6,500, already cut and fitted. Mm -hmm. That's a crazy thing to think about. To be fair, you didn't have to, like, assemble it and then get electricians and plumbers in to... Here's one for $872. No. No. Mm -hmm. You don't do that. No, you build it yourself. Yeah, yeah. You wire up electricity yourself. There was no electricity. Oh. My brain... Is so fried right now. My it was like, oh, they still do that to this day. No, well, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Why. More or less, you just like you just go to a place and tell them what you want, basically, and they'll build you a house. It's yeah. Anyway, so I think that, in my opinion, that would be the best way to adapt these malls. But anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. Yes. So the mall is a nice mall. I didn't see a ton of vacancies in the mall. There were a few, but not like a boatload. Yeah. And in my opinion, I truly, I believe that that really would be like the, uh, I don't know. I think that it's, I thought it was a great venue overall. Mm -hmm. they, they had a really, really big space in the mall. Um, they adapted it well. They had, oh, yeah. you know, all it their was, singles out and everything like that. Oh, yeah, like, like the building we were in was essentially like probably, two, what, what would you think? Like two or three stores that they just kind of knocked the walls down in between them and no, I mean, it was just a big corner, corner, uh, gigantic corner it, lot, corner, whatever corner space mm -hmm. in the mall. I mean, they, they have some of those that are just big spaces. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. But like yeah. the venue was huge on the inside. I, I was not expecting it to be that big. Yeah. I mean, they had, they had tables for, they had a little over 300 yeah. tables. And then like, uh, on the way with in space. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, no, with, like, a big open area where they had uh, seating, like, real comfortable seating for you to sit down and just watch the stream. Yeah, so they had a feature a feature match uh, uh, platform. Stage. Yeah, they had a stage set up with, where they were doing feature matches with the stream cameras and lighting mm -hmm. set up. And they had it broadcast on a, a giant projector. Behind them. Right. And with that, they would actually, uh, they had 
uh, theater seating mm-hmm. all around the stage. And you could just sit there and watch the match. And it was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. So many people just just kind of like sat in them, laid back, and just conked out. Well, so the reason so the reason for that, they were very comfortable. And a lot of people did just conk out. But the real reason that so many people were conked out is because everybody got there between 8 and 9 o'clock. And you had to stand around for like an hour And then two. once you got into the venue, sat down. Regional is supposed to start at 10. Yep. Pairings went up at like 12.15. Yup. Round one didn't start until like one. Yeah, it was like 12.45, 12.50 when the first match actually started. Mm-hmm. Which is just a crazy thing to think about. 12.45. That is my only, only spot that was bad all day. Oh, yeah. Like, like, like after that and everything got rolling, it, it was fine. Yeah, for sure. Once things got rolling, it was one of the best run. It was one of the one of the best run regionals I've ever been to, and I've been to some good ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, the one that the side deck did in Kenner, Louisiana, that basically New Orleans. Mm-hmm. The one that the side deck did was really great. Oh yeah, that one was run like a clock. Uh, pairings went up at ten oh one. Last round was done at five, at, like just before five o'clock on a seven round regional. Yep, that one was great, but. This one was really good. So first round started at 1245, which was very bad. Mm-hmm. But again, to their credit. So uh, the biggest reason that uh, that, that happened, that, that, that it happened. And this is how it was explained to me. The they had close to 200 of the 600 players that messed up their Kasi IDs or it was like over 100 people messed up their Kasi IDs. They had and they had to call all of these people back up individually to fix their Kasi IDs. Once they got their Kasi IDs all uh, fixed, then they had to go in, fix all the system, and their internet went out. While they were trying to do this. While they were trying to do all this. So, internet issues, Kasi ID issues. It was just... Which was the individual player's fault at that point. Right, which was a nightmare. So... Overall, I I think that they did as well as they could have done. It was their first time ever hosting a regional. They want to make it a regular thing where they host regionals every season, which I oh, yeah. I was super excited for. Oh yeah, and like the thing is, like the venue, like as you're walking in on the wall outside, they advertise they do tournaments like every day. Not, right. Not necessarily Yu-Gi-Oh, but they do like random video game and other card yeah. game tournaments like every single day. So. You want to hear something crazy? What's that? Do you know what their locals is like? No. Their Yu-Gi-Oh locals at that venue is generally over 80 people. Nice. They have had locals and case tournaments get over 200. Nice. That's like like a small regional. Yeah. Yeah. 80 people is like, that's like a regional in some places. Yeah. That's a, it's a small regional. But I mean, to be fair, this regional for them was like a YCS, just about. Yeah, well, I mean, so it was 566, and the way they got they got to their 600 cap by going through the line, counting, you know, 541, yeah. 542, 543, 544, and counting all the people in line, and not everybody in the line was actually there to, registered. Yeah. So the cap was 600. They actually didn't have everybody in line register, and then... Some people left before round one started because they were like, I'm not dealing with this all day. I'm not going to be here till 1 a.m. So with that said, the final tally for the event was 566 players, 44 short of the cap, which they would have hit a cap because they turned some people away because they thought everybody in line was registering and they won. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then they... So 566 and then... The YCS Lima Peru was 600. Mm-hmm. That was last weekend. Just for so, reference. Yeah. So it, it is the size of some YCSs. It, it was a full event. Mm-hmm. It was a real event. So I, I'm real happy with it. I Like I said, we, we started at 1245. There was 10 rounds of Swiss, which is a lot. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a lot. 10 rounds of Swiss, and we finished last round of Swiss at... 11:30? Yeah. Which honestly, 
um like i said once i got going everything was running real smooth which is actually kind of impressive that they got through 10 rounds of swiss in 10 hours give or take yeah yeah with a lunch break with a 30 minute lunch break that's yeah. really impressive Oh, yeah. Generally, I figure for a seven-round regional, it's going to go like eight hours because of delays between rounds, yeah. lunch break, things not, like yeah, that. Uh, not, uh, I, I would say nine hours because of the lunch break. Seven-round regional, eight hours. 40-minute well, rounds. Yes, and then about 20. I, I normally give about 20, round, 20 minutes per round between each, so about one hour per round. Yeah, I guess that's true. That's me like grossly rounding up because you're going to have rounds where the round will end and five minutes later, the next round's up and ready to go. Mm-hmm. But for safety, I like to just say one hour per round. Right. Yeah, I, I think that genuinely, I really do think that once things got rolling, I think the event staff did a wonderful job. Mm-hmm. We got out of the venue about midnight. I recorded a couple of deck profiles, which was very nice. Mm-hmm. But... Overall, it was just... Which the deck profiles are live on the channel right now, so go yes, check out those deck profiles. Out. I got a deck profile from Kobe Short, who is a YCS champion. He got 11th place at the regional, which, mm-hmm. again, that's, it's it's like a YCS-size mm-hmm. regional. If you get 11th place there, that's, imagine, you could have topped the YCS. Yep. So, I, I went to... I got Kobe Short's deck profile. That's Kashira. Some really cool text. You should definitely check it out. Mm-hmm. And then I did a deck profile of our friend Khalil from Lafayette, who got uh, I think around twenty-five or something like that, thirty somewhere yeah. in that range. And he went seven to one because last round he should have won. He said he should have won last round. Should have been eight one one. Probably would have topped at that. Mm-hmm. But the only reason he didn't win last round was because he the deck did everything it should have but he just completely he was so tired and exhausted yeah. he just completely whiffed on the last round he misplayed real hard he said mm. and he explains it in his deck profile which is up on our channel and yeah. the deck was maybe the coolest deck in the room in my opinion oh easily very memeable runic fur hire that deck is so cool do you understand like the conceptually what the deck does uh yeah, so I know Runics do a whole lot of. I'm gonna activate all these uh quick plays, and then I'm just gonna put them all by, back in the deck, and then draw and put up to three of them back in the deck, and then draw three cards. So because yes, yeah. so basically Runic is going to control the game state. Yeah yeah yeah, and it's gonna do it in a way where Runic can kind of uh, you know Runic's gonna do what Runic's gonna do. Yeah, but it also wants to conserve its own resources and out-resource the opponent, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With essentially infinite resources, because it can just shuffle, keep shuffling back. Uh, it spent uh, quick play spells back in the deck and then drawing new cards. Yes. Now, the other big card in the deck is Fulgo, Justice for Hire, which is their link three, okay? Mm-hmm. So, listen to what Fulgo does. Can't be used as link material. If this card is link summoned, you can special summon one for hire, mo- one, for, one monster for hire, from your deck in defense position, but with a different type from the materials used for this card's link summon, okay? Okay. If a card or cards your opponent controls is destroyed by battle or card effect, you can draw one card. Then, if you control three or more for higher monsters with different names, draw two more. The deck just draws six cards every turn. Yeah. So, you never run out of resources. You, You have like eight or nine cards in your hand, all of the time. All the time. So, in phase, hold on, I gotta figure out what to discard. No, you don't, because you just keep doing stuff. Maybe well, set a card or two. Well, no, because they draw during the end phase, don't they? No, they all draw immediately. Oh, yeah, never mind. And yeah. then you're running, like, Mayhem for Hire and Rookie for Hire, which are just spell cards that you can just set. Fair enough. No, the deck's Fair. insane. Yeah. I, I really, I... I'm kind of sad that I got rid of my fur hire core. Yeah. But hey, that also means that you'll uh, also always have access to whatever hand trap, board breaker, side deck card you need. Because yeah. you are going to draw it at some point. Yeah, you're going to see every side deck card and every uh, every tech and everything. You, you can get away with running one of this and one of that because you're going to see them. You're going to deep draw your whole deck. 
Yeah, and then eventually, like eventually, if your opponent somehow not not hasn't like had their life points reached zero yet, you you'll just end the situation of just yeah, I'm just gonna keep shuffling back my uh quick play spells over and over and over and over and over until you quit. Right. I I really have to say so cool. I can't stress enough how underrated that for hire deck is. I, I can't believe I had never heard of this for hire runic deck until this weekend. I, I can't believe it. To be fair, it's for hire, and I think a lot of players had the same response that I initially had when I heard, oh, it's for hire. <laughs> that, that, just a, huh, that's funny. Okay, so here's the funny part. Before the event, or no, I before the event, I talked to Khalil, and I said, hey, but I didn't see what he was playing. Well, after round one, he was upset because he lost round one. And... He said, man, get me a feature. And I said, I was, I just kind of was like, oh yeah, uh, sure. He goes, well, if I can, I, he said, if I win my next five rounds and I'm five and one, <clears throat> he said, let me get a feature. I was like, you know what? Sure. If you win your next five rounds, you'll get the feature match. You, you can have that feature match. He comes to me in round nine going, where's my feature, man? I said, what do you mean? He goes, I'm, I'm six, one and one. I said, you're what? He I said, mean, yeah. I He goes, I, I haven't lost since I talked to you. I was beside myself. I mean, did he like... Well, to be fair, there's I don't think there's any way he could have come up and told you because... Yeah, I mean, I was pretty busy. Yeah. But still. Yeah, that's... That's insane. Yeah, it, it's a very, very cool deck. And I truly believe that... That deck is wildly underrated. For reference, in round nine, he played against... Let me just get it pulled up here. One in uh, Kashtira? Miguel Soto. Okay. On the feature match. Now, Miguel Soto is a world's competitor. Yeah. And he he's on Sprite... Um, he's on Sprite Tri-Brigade. Okay. And he beat him. With fur hire, which is memeable. It's so crazy, dude. I don't know. It, it's just, it's such a cool deck. I, oh, I can't yeah. believe we haven't seen more about this deck. All right, so let's go through round by round. Let's talk about your regional. Yeah, sure. Uh, okay. So my round one, I took notes because I knew I was going to forget if I did not take notes. So my round one was versus flu. I won this die roll. Um. Game one, I didn't see quite enough engine. I saw a welcome labyrinth, and that was about it. <laughs> sure. Um, and then uh, as soon as... And they just had the out. Uh, as soon as I activated welcome labyrinth, they mm -hmm. ashed it. Right. And I just they, I, I just got blown out. Okay. Uh, game two, I go first. I set some back row and pass evenly. Okay. Okay, so I uh, flip some trap cards, set up what I can... He's not able to kill me, but I'm able through that to re to kind of reconstitute some of my, uh, some of my traps. Mm -hmm. uh, also because I drew two once per turn traps, so I had someone in my hand. Set those pass. Harpy saw the duster. All right, and just I just could not get going between an evenly and a feather duster back to back like that. Yeah, no trap deck can. It's yeah, it's pretty rough. Yeah, uh, my round two was against branded uh game one i just completely out uh, i just flipped skill drain and all of his uh and like all the uh normal fusion all the fusions you normally go into were smaller than um lady and lovely mm -hmm. and eventually he's able to position himself in a way where he could actually make guardian chimera mm -hmm. made with polymerization so it got its effect off but skill drain. But he still had a 33 body on board. Nice. And he swung and it was like, and he, and I could tell he was probably thinking, okay, this is kind of swung back in my favor now. Yeah. And I just went effective, big welcome and grave, banish it, bounce back to the extra deck. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, game two, I flipped, uh, my spice tech for this, for this tournament, which was, uh, anti spell. Yeah. And then he sets, and so then I, I uh, 
I don't know why. He made me go first for some reason. I, I guess to kind of mess up with my sighting. Yeah. But I still just sighted anti-spells because I, you know, whatever. Uh, so I just set anti-spell a couple back row past. And then he set some pass. And during his end phase, I just kind of... I uh, Utilizing Lovely, I just kind of start ripping apart his, uh, his field. Mm-hmm. So, and I hit all of his spells. It was great. Um, and he just couldn't play. Uh, so that was round two. Round three. Uh, so it's uh at this point I'm lo- I'm a uh, uh, one one. Yeah. Round three was against Drytron. Game one he just uh, game one uh, we both kind of grounded ground grinded each other out. Mm-hmm. But he was able to push out a Burl Sword and attack for game. It's Burl Sword. What do you do? Today's episode is brought to you by ETB Games. ETB Games is, of course, our locals in Alexandria, Louisiana. They are our one-stop shop for all of our card game needs. They have singles and sealed product for the games that you love, like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Magic the Gathering, and Pokemon. Of course, you can also find the accessories that you need, such as sleeves, binders, playmats, and more. And if you're into D&D, well, they have all of your D&D figurines, the paint for the figurines, dice, books and anything that you would need to play. So be sure to check out ETB Games. There's a link in the description down below. And now, back to today's episode. Uh, and then and, and then next, and then, then literally, the next so literally the, ne- the next game, I'm going first. I said anti-spell, some other back row pass. He goes, draw, standby, and I flip anti-spell, and he goes, game t- let's just go game three. Oof. That's it. I, all it is, flip anti-spell, he's like, nope, I'm good. Uh, and then game three... Didn't see anti-spell this time, unfortunately. Um, and he was able... I wasn't able to stop him from going uh, full board. Unfortunately. Um, I wasn't able to break his board, but then he was able to make a make a comeback with a new ritual monster. I think it was like Odd Eyes... I think it was like an Odd Eyes ritual. I don't remember what it was. But it bounced all my spell traps, and I couldn't respond to any of my spell traps with it. Naturally. Um... So what I was able to do though, uh, was because uh, because so like he searched it and I saw it coming. Mm-hmm. So whenever he activated the ritual spell, I activated Big Welcome because I already had a lady on field to summon Lovely. Bounce, it came down. Its effect activated. Lovely's effect activated. And he was like, "But you can't respond to it." And I was like, "I'm not. It's a trigger effect uh, triggering because a monster's moved from the field." Wait, you can't respond to what? Okay, so the ritual he had summoned had an effect that when it's successfully ritual summoned, it bounces all spell traps, and I can't respond to it. Okay. But because I summoned Lady, her effect was just triggering. It wasn't responding to it, it was just triggering. A judge was called on this, and they said, yeah, it's not triggering like that. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And then I just went, cool. Chain a trap tar- train a chain like the one. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry. Sorry about that, everyone. Yeah, we got a new camera. Growing pains with the camera. Yeah. Uh, so the judge did say that because it's a triggering effect, not responding, that's just straight firing off, not responding to the. What? Wait, wait, what, what was the matchup again? Drytron. It was like some weird ritual. I think it was like an Odd Eyes ritual monster that just ba- was supposed to bounce on my back row. Huh. Yeah. And it was an Odd Eyes Ritual Monster? Yes. I think. Because he was running a, a couple of rituals that I had never even seen before. Um, Like, he wasn't even running Herald. Uh, Herald of any Herald at all. That's so baffling to me, because... I know, right? Odd Eyes Pendulum Graph Dragon? Uh, No, no, it was just like a full... Not a ritual pendulum, it was just a ritual. But it was an, it was definitely an Odd Eyes. I, Odd Eyes Gravity Dragon? Maybe. Uh, Read its effect. You can return all spell and trap cards your opponent controls to the hand. That's it. Your opponent cannot activate cards or effects in response to this effects activation. Yeah. But according to the judge, because my lovely was triggering off of not the, not, it wasn't responding to the odd eyes. It's effect was just firing off because of its normal conditions. It would still go, but it, but then the gravity would go as chain link one. Lovely is chain link two. But that doesn't make sense. I know. I think that judge gave you a bogus ruling. 
Very possibly. I just uh, that literally doesn't make any sense. It goes yeah. against the entire point of a spell speed four card like that. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, sure. Yeah. Um. And he didn't. Uh. What's the word? Take appeal. It. Yeah, he didn't appeal. Whatever. Uh. So then I. <clears throat> uh. So then I. And so then I was like, well, I can just do this then, and I flipped. Uh. Uh, one of your trap cards. One of my trap cards. Uh, it was a uh, punishment. Popped it. Got a draw. That is actually an insane thing. Yeah. So, wait. Okay, I'm really having trouble. So am I. So the so he summons this monster and activates this monster's effect. Yeah. And how did you trigger Lady? Okay. So he activated. So he had searched it uh, mm-hmm. off of. Uh, prep or pre-prep i don't remember he had searched the gravity drive sure i was like hey can i read that and i was like okay cool and then he activated the drytron ritual spell mm-hmm. in response to the ritual spell i activated big welcome okay and i already had a lady on field so summon lovely lady gets bounced ritual resolves Summon lovely lady gets bounced okay new chain that fires off lady fires off because it saw my lovely fires off because saw my lady get get bounced off the field by a trap guard dude that's an that's such an insane thing i if I was a judge, I would say that it it can't respond. Yeah. And the judge was like, yeah, but it's not responding to it. But I'm like, but that normally just means you can't chain. Nothing can be added onto that chain link after that. That's an insane ruling. Yeah. Okay. Uh, continue. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, and because of that, uh, but like even then, I, uh, but even then I still wasn't able to get the game, even with that. Okay. Yeah, he still got me. Uh, but it just took an extra couple of turns. Yeah. Um, and the next up was Trap Tricks. All their all their uh, extract monsters are immune to trap cards. Okay. So, um, so I basically, so I essentially just had to use all of my trap cards on their main deck monsters to mm-hmm. actually try and get rid of them. Yeah. I even flipped the skill drain. And he just went, okay. And popped it with something. I don't remember what he popped it with. But there was a trap card. A whole trap card, I think he popped it. No, not a whole trap card. It wasn't Trap Tricks, Trap Hole Nightmare. It wasn't. No. Maybe it was Holtea. Trap Tricks, Holtea. I think Holtea just summons itself. But yeah, then it's got like another effect attached. Uh, n- not attached to that. But there's like it's got like another effect as part of it, though. Does it? Yeah. No. No? Hmm. I don't remember. He popped it. And was then able to just kind of go off. Um, another issue is that if you don't if you don't negate Sarah and you're on a trap deck, you're gonna have a bad time. If you can't yeah. if you can't negate Sarah Sarah and you're a trap deck, you're gonna have a bad time. Yeah, that's a really really bad matchup. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, so it, it is what it is, and like you can't even out Sarah with one of your own traps because she's immune to traps. Right. Right. So uh, I lost that one. It was a close game. It was very back and forth, but. Yeah. Uh, let's see. And then it was the lunch break. So I went in around five hungry because I wasn't able to get my food in time. But it was up against Sword Soul. <laughs> so I had a lot of practices with this. I was like, okay, I, I guess I can kind of coast on this a little bit because I'm starving. This dude said I can coast. Because I already know how to play the matchup. Play the matchup. And then he, like, summons Dragite. Sure. And I'm like, Huh? And I'm staring at it. And I go, um, first off, you can't summon Dragite because it's not a worm and you worm like yourself with a Shuna. Secondly, Dragite? <laughs> and after and after we I I two owed him in like ten minutes. That's no, you didn't two owe him in ten minutes. Okay, it was more like fifteen or twenty. It was quick. Okay. A trap deck's not two owing anything in ten minutes. Continue. Yeah. I'm with Ken because I can pump out 3k beat sticks. Continue. So after the game, I, I to him. And after I'm like, bro, I got to see what's going on. What's with the Raptite? Dragite. Uh, Dragite. They haven't played that in a long time. Yeah. And he like, and I was looking at, and so he like showed me his deck. And actually I was like, dude, this is a really old build. Yeah. Well, my friends told me that uh, Ancient Fairy is a bad card. And I was like, <laughs> Did they say the same thing about Destrudo? And they're like, yeah. Okay, the context here is that Caleb's been playing against my build, 
And I run three Distrudo and Ancient Fairy. Ancient because, Fairy's broken. <laughs> yeah, Ancient Fairy's insane. <laughs> yeah. So, and not, you know, what's funny is the more Sword Soul players I talked to, the less and less of them were running Distrudo and AFD. Yeah. Basically, and, none of them were, which is yeah. insane. And like his, and like his whole thing was, and I kind of get what they're saying with it being bad because what field spell you're popping? I'm like, you're not popping field spells with it. People forget that Ancient Fairy has another effect. Yeah, because it lets you summon a special summon a level four monster, level four lower monster from your hand, and then you skip your battle phase. Yeah. If you're turn zero, you don't get a battle phase anyway. Right. Exactly. It's broken. It's just. I've been saying that. Yeah. And even then, he, he even then he you could also utilize Destrudo to make a lot of things. Right. On top of you know, it was. It was bizarre, and uh, he made Baron once, but I then just flipped a trap card, and he had either let it go or, or lose the Baron. Yeah, he had either yeah he had either like just let the let his Baron negate go or lose the Baron, and he opted to negate, and I just went awesome. Yeah, I mean that that's the that's the choice you have. Yeah, and I just went cool. I had to make another trap card and just start ripping his field apart, except the Baron. Right. Uh, and then eventually he got, and then eventually I went, uh, big welcome, summon a lady, bounce a lady, because I had Lady and Lovely already on field. Uh, so then I summoned a lady, bounced the one that was already on field, and then popped the, uh, non-targeting popped the Baron. Right, right. Before he had, really had a chance to activate effect to pop anything. It was, it was funny. So, then you finally got to eat your food. Yeah, and I, and then with time left, after all of that, I scarfed down my food, Went down to like a one of the bag salesmen that are like in the middle, uh-huh. and got my girlfriend some. Got my girlfriend a really cute bag, haggled for it. Got back in there with like ten minutes left in round. Yeah, it was it was a good round. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next round, I was incredibly bored because my opponent no showed, but so did the guy next to me. Okay. So me and him and him dueling just for funsies. Uh, he was playing cash. Yeah, yeah. Um, just a really long game, just just for just because we're both bored and had to sit here and wait. Yeah, yeah. Hilariously, my next round was Kashtira again. So it's like you got a warm up primer and then you got to play it. Yep, it was great. I lost. <laughs> Oof. Uh, game one, I saw literally no engine. engine. Yeah. Um, and then game two, uh, it was just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You know, big swing plays back and forth. And eventually, I finally got him to have no more resources left. Mm-hmm. And I had Lovely and Lady on field. And I ran over his last two monsters. Pass. Right. At this point, his birth is already negated by... Because uh, I... Because, like, he had summoned a Fenrir and I activated... Because, like, he had birth on field and he summoned a Fenrir or... No, no, no. It was Scareclaw. It was Tierlament Scareclaw. Mm-hmm. And I flipped um, Punishment, mm-hmm. sending uh, Aggregator. Yeah. And it permanently negated his uh, birth. As long as it's based on the field, it's negated. And it was like, he was like, oh, no. Oh, no. That's worse than it being popped, because with, if it's popped, he can recur it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then from there, I just kind of kept him from letting him search for another one. So he had to just hard draw into a second one, which I know he had a second one, because I saw it in the previous game. Um... And then it was finally, and I passed with no, with no, he had no, he had an empty field, one card in hand, and I already knew what it was. I don't remember what it was, though. And then he drew for turn, and was attempting to make plays, and then time of the round got called. Mm-hmm. And he had more life points. Yeah. He had, I had on my field, Lady Lovely, mm-hmm. and it had another Lady in hand. Yeah. He had 6,000 life points. Jeez. Had he passed, I would have won that game. And then, because then I was, if we had more time anyway, I would have just gone battle, swing, swing, game. Yeah. Well, in phase special, my turn, attack, swing, swing for game. Yeah, yeah. But then time of the round, he had more life points, I lose. Right, right. I was just kind of like, it'd be what it'd be. Whatever. Still, probably one of the best games I had all day, mm-hmm. just because how it was just back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. very fun. Mm hmm. Uh, so I lose there. Uh, my next round was against Tribrigade Lurlusk. Oh, boy. Yeah. Unfortunately, I knew exactly how the deck functioned. And he didn't really get to play. 
Yeah. Funnily enough, he um, uh, one like at one point he had, what was it? It was late. It was late in game two, like not late, but like turn three or four in uh, game two, where he had already attempted like a Lyrilusk play, and I got and I uh, got rid of the Lyrilusk monster he had on had on field, and then I overrooted it back, set it back to his field. Yeah. Because I didn't want him to have anything else. Yeah. So he was like, can I just flip some of this? I was like, yeah. Nothing's stopping you. It's it's already been there for like a full turn. He flip summons it and then does the one that like specials from hand plus another winged beast. Yeah. So he's got two Lurlusk and a Nerval. Mm-hmm. And I flip Rivalry. And he's like, what's that do? And I explain that uh, um, both players can only control one type of monster. And he kind of looks and goes, oh. They're all winged beasts. I was like, yeah. You so can't. what if he summoned another bird and went into Shurig and banished it? If he summons another bird, I have a compulsion my, my, set to my field. Okay. So the th- so all the birds... So at this point, uh, there's one that specials if you have if you have no monsters on board. Yeah. So he can normal summon it and I just bounce it. It can't summon itself at this point. Yeah. None of the other ones can special themselves out of the hand. Okay. So even if he just normal summons the, uh, another Lyrlusk, I just bounce it back and he can't make... And he can't do anything. Uh, he can make Recital Starling to search. Or he can make an Assemble Nightingale. So he makes a... So he makes a Starling, and I just go... I, I, I just compulse that. Yeah. And he's left with a Nerval pass. And I go, and I'm just like, okay, this is a good opportunity for me to really get him. And we're like, really clinch it. So what I end up doing is, what are, what was it? I end up like popping the Nerval during his end phase. Yeah, he gets the search, mm-hmm. but I'm going for game. And I would much rather it just not be on board. Yeah. He's in defense mode. Yeah. So I pop it. He's like, oh, cool. I get my search. I was like, yeah, go for it. Oh, I'm also free of, of rough. I'm like, yes, you are draw and like I activated welcome swing 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 for game yeah he's like oh oof yeah alright uh what's next round okay next round was uh, uh was another no show okay so it's round eight or nine that was round nine no show okay round ten eldlich pure eldlich and uh I, I I did win but mostly because I I already knew kind of what eldlich did and his opening hand game one was Tikaboo mm-hmm. and Gozen. Okay. Both cards. Tikaboo was kind of rough, but he didn't make one mistake because he really didn't understand how R- Labyrinth works. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, he sets some, he sets like four cards and passes. And I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. And um, I end up just kind of grinding through all of his traps using my traps and end up popping. Activating Big Welcome and then mm-hmm. lovely lady blah 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 popping the last one and it was Tikaboo. I'm like, why didn't you activate Tikaboo when I activated Big Welcome? Because I already had Lady on field. Right. It would have. Fa- I I wouldn't be able to have summoned the other one. He goes, Oh, I didn't think about. Th- I didn't know what Big Welcome did. I was like, I told you what Big Welcome does. Oh, it happens. Yeah, he is in process. Um, so I got that game, and then game two. Uh, he makes the 35 Eldritch Golden mm-hmm. Lord and swings over Lady. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to need a quick refresher on this if you don't mind. And I read it and went, cool. Terrors. Oof. And switch the on attack and switch the Golden Lords around. Mm-hmm. So now he had the 25 just sitting there. Yeah. And set. And he's like, oh no. I know. That's a good card. And I was like, it's a very good card. I love this card. Terrors is a really underrated Yu-Gi-Oh card. I love it so much. Yeah, Terrors is is funny though because it's like Yeah, like it's it's weird because like it takes away a resource, but it really kind of almost doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like very fair, but the thing is, like so like so like let's say you're up against a deck that can with a monster that can special summon themselves if they have no monsters on board or only names on board. If they summon one, search a new one, you terrors it and set give them like another random set monster, mm-hmm. they can no longer play. Right. Pretty much, yeah. Because they have a monster on board and it's not a name. So Or you can give them back uh 
One of my, another thing I would do sometimes with terrors is I'd give them a card that's a hard one for them that they've already activated this turn. Yeah, yeah. Something else that hilarious <clears throat> I did against the cash player was uh he had active is uh he had activated terraforming search field spell activate field spell and terrors gave him back terraforming. Yeah. Because the field spells are once per turn. And I was like, I should do it again. <laughs> I'd do it again. Activate, you know, like he activates terraforming, gets the field spell, field spell, and tear the field spell away and give him back the terraforming again. I'm like, but I was like, I'm not going to do that. That's just a waste. But yeah. the thought occurred to me. And I was like, that's funny. So we do have, I do want to just kind of quickly go over uh, the feature matches that we mm-hmm. had and go kind of go through them one by one. Just see what the matchups were, what won, things like that. Yeah. So round one was David Flores on Naturia Runic versus he was playing a guy playing uh, Despia. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say that Naturia deck so thoroughly dismantled the Despia deck mm-hmm. that I literally made the decision. I walked out, immediately went to a friend of mine. I was like, I need your Runic tips right now. Oh, my God. And I literally got them. I, I picked up as much of the Runic deck and the Naturia stuff as I could. Imme- yeah. Literally immediately. It was the most thoroughly one-sided game of Yu-Gi-Oh! I may have ever seen. It was crazy. So, you have uh, Naturia Runic won that one. Mm-hmm. The next round was Sword Soul versus... Uh, I want to say Sword Soul was playing against... Mm, Kashira. Okay. It was Sword Soul versus Kashira. And Karastir does end up winning that, but it was it, it it was a pretty close game for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, next round was uh, I want to say it was Bestial Dragon Link versus Marincess. Okay. And I'm pretty sure Bestial Dragon Link won, although it got into a, another was another one that got into a kind of a grindy game three. Yeah, which happens. Yeah. Next we have our friend Clay versus our friend Patty. Mm-hmm. Clay was on Trap Tricks, or I'm trying to remember exactly what he was on. I know Patty was on Kashira, and Clay was on Math Mech. That's what it was. Oh, Math Mech, really cool deck. Yeah, and Patty was on Kashira, and Clay did end up winning the match with Math Mech. Nice. Yeah, I gotta say though, dude, uh, that. That last game, Patty bricks so hard. The hardest brick I may have ever seen in my Bro. entire life. What he draw like driver, dark magician, red eyes. Mm, may as well have been. He's playing oh Kashira, my... but like oh, that's fair. He may as well have been. Well, I mean, like that kind of like his I... opening turn was set one pass. <laughs> oh my god! In game three, yeah, it was bad. Uh, and then next round was um a guy playing. Math Mech again versus mm-hmm. uh, the one and only Bortle uh, from Team Bortle YouTube. Cool. And Bortle was playing <clears throat> Trap Tricks. Okay. And I'm pretty sure that Bortle won that playing Trap Tricks. All right. As one does. Yeah. Then the next one, the next match we had was Sprite. Adventure Sprite, and then you had Michael Tamez on, uh, trying to remember exactly what Tamez was on, Kestira. Is that dude playing on, like, the, like, the old school paper mat? It's not paper. It's, there was a rubber version of this mat. Oh, it, it looks like the old school paper version. The very, very original regional mat. What really is that's what this is, yes. That's nice. It's extremely nice and they are very expensive. Well yeah, they they probably they probably only had like one run of them. Yeah, they didn't have very much of them. And I believe yeah. that Tamez won that with uh uh Cashier. Okay. Uh next round we had our friend Hunter versus Christian Garza. Uh Hunter was playing Trap Tricks and Christian was playing Cashtira. And Christian won that. Like so Cashtira won. And then the next round was a Drytron versus uh, Kashtira. Mm-hmm. And Kashtira did win that, but it was really close. And the Drytron guy did end up getting top eight. Nice. And the so did the Kashtira guy. They end up both the top eight. Oh. <laughs> and then next was our friend Khalil piloting the Fur Hire runic, runic deck. 
versus Miguel Soto on Sprite Brigade. And uh, the Fur Hire Runic deck did end up winning. And then last we have the... Uh, it was a Live Twin Sprite versus Kashira. And Live Twin Sprite ended up winning. So uh, overall, uh, there's a... We're going to drop a link to the VOD because you can actually watch the entire thing on the Game Guys regional Twitch channel. Twitch channel. Yeah. So we're going to put a link to the VOD in the Discord. But yeah, overall, uh, it was a great day. There was a lot of great feature matches. Um, we ended up leaving the regional just a little after midnight. Got on the road. And I, I got to say, that was one of the most miserable drives of my entire life. Oh, easily. I, I've been on a lot of really long, really rough drives. I mean, a lot. That that may take the cake for the worst drive I've ever been on. I We were driving back. We're just driving through Texas. I was so tired. And keep in mind that as of time of recording, this is not even 24 hours ago. Yeah. So we take Actually, off. 24 hours ago, we were still at the venue. Yeah. So we take off just after midnight. We drive up, we drive almost, we get to like just, we get to the north side of Houston. We stopped and got Waffle House and we, uh, we get Waffle House and after Waffle House, we made it just south of Lufkin and I said, dude, this, I can't take it anymore. I, it was like two, two twenty in the morning ish, yep. two o'clock and I pulled over and I was like, I got to sleep. I literally pulled over in a gas station parking lot on the side mm -hmm. of uh, Highway 59, and I just conked out. I just, I fell asleep. And we slept in that gas station parking lot for like an hour and a half. Yeah, we had been for like, what? 30 minutes. Yeah. The goal was a 30-minute power nap. We slept for an hour and a half. Yep. And then, so I sit up. I'm like, okay, I got to get back to driving. Throw it back and drive. Take off. We get just a little bit further up the road. I'm like, I got to go into the gas station and get something. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. Go to the gas station. I get a C4 energy drink. Woo. And I get in the car. We're getting towards Lufkin. I'm drinking my C4. Starting to feel a little bit, you know, well, a little bit more alert. You know, mm -hmm. I stretched when we got out at the gas station. Yeah, it's got to be that. Yeah. Like, maybe the stretch has got me feeling a little pepped up. Yeah. By the time we're in Lufkin... I feel like a new man. <laughs> I felt I felt like a different person. I was like, man, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, I felt yeah. like felt yeah, I felt like you just woke up from an from an eight hour nap. Yeah, yeah. I I stretched a little bit. Me, Caleb's awake now. Or me and Caleb are talking. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like three a.m. But that's no problem. We're I'm good. And then, and then it really happened. <laughs> I got so hyper and wired um. up that listen. I drink a lot of energy drinks. Way more than I should. Way more than I should. Like one to two a day. That C4 had me so wound up. I I got home and, st and didn't go directly to sleep. That's how wired up yeah. I was. It took me almost an hour after I got home to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. I fell asleep after 7 a.m. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, bro. I got home late, late in bed, and I was kind of laying in bed, chilling for about ten minutes, and then I was out. Yeah, I I went to bed after seven a.m. or right right around seven. We got home at like six fifteen ish, or we got to my house at six fifteen. Yeah, I I fell asleep after seven, and then I, I woke like up that. at three in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, I woke up at like one. Yeah, well, I first woke up at like I don't know ten thirty. Yeah, and I was like, no, no, going back. I literally rolled over and immediately fell back asleep. And then I, I was like, hey, I'll wake up around noon, I guess. And then I, I didn't open my eyes again until 3 p.m. Yeah. Which is, that that's a long time for me. Yeah. Uh, okay, so real quick, uh, I did actually also keep tallies of how many times I got even lead or harpies feather dustered. Okay, sure. I got harpies feather, feather, feather dustered three times. Uh-huh. I was even lead nine <laughs> Dude, evenly matched is the most prevalent card in the entire format right now. Fun fact. Of those nine, only six landed. I mean, I hey. dodged three. Uh, two of them were through uh, Eradicator. Me just welcome Labyrinthing out and then just Eradicator declared trap still in the battle phase. Yeah. And so they never got a chance to activate it. The third, 
hilariously, uh, was my opponent went standby main battle, mm-hmm. and I was like in the battle phase, I'll activate uh, uh, big welcome welcome, sure, because he only had two cards in hand. Mm-hmm. Summon lovely, uh, bounce lady, affect a lovely drop a card out of his hand, and it was a fifty fifty shot. Nailed it, and I nailed it. He was like, nice. He's like, come on. Hilariously, it was against the Eldritch player. Mm-hmm. It was the second time I had dodged unevenly from him. Nice. The first time I had eradicated him for like three or four, like most of his hand. Yeah. All right. Well, listen. We all we want to thank you all for listening to today's episode. You're definitely gonna to want to check out Friday's episode. I think it's gonna be a really cool one. We're gonna be having one of our friends and uh, one of a, a very good player that we know mm-hmm. come on to the podcast. He's actually gonna be in person here with us. So yep. we absolutely recommend you subscribe to our YouTube if you aren't already. That way you can get that now. With that said, let's go ahead and thank all of our wonderful patrons. So a huge thank you to AD and HD, Cam Yang, Dragon Maid, Stunzeed, Kane Martin, Zypherus, Blackwing, Silverwing, The Ascendant is the best floodgate, Earth Machine, best deck, Epi, has anyone actually read Toy Vendor, HGH Cyber, I am McLincoln, if all you have is a cosmic, every problem looks like a floodgate. It's funny to watch a Kashira player scoop after flipping a floodgate. <laughs> True. Monstratron, Mountain Man, Oatmeal Spaghetti, Owen Alvarado, no- under, unbanned number 95 konami understanding and reading are two different things virtually saviors world where flame swordsman support konami rogan tier two of the polite terms for bad deck aaron gardner asami ashless chaps atsuyo simp of the silver castle box wine duty booty dragon maidenless behavior heroes bubble cereal i'm about to read a glamour tribute for cross these plant nuts in your mouth cam the hockey walkie slush mixer old man red pin code 143 santa claus and valence hojo mama and x biz kits thank you so much for your continued support of the podcast thank you all again and be sure to have a great week everybody take care everyone